Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Yo, 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 Friday, September 29th on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew, ready to beat up a bunch of kids for money bets. That's what we do, man. We just get in that DK lobby, bully him around. You know, I've got I've gotten bullied, truthfully, the last couple of weeks. So I'm I'm ready to turn it around. Uh, yes, today is the 29th of September, also known as the last day that I will be a 31 year old man. I'll be old as dirt as of tomorrow on my birthday. So a little birthday episode here today on a Friday show. A little early birthday celebration for Matthew here, and I mean we're going to celebrate in style by doing what most degenerate people do when it comes to fantasy football. Share with you some thoughts of DFS and at the very end of the show. Stay tuned. Pro tease here. Stay tuned. Matthew will give out his favorite five-leg parlay, which we know will will go hit four. It will hit four of them. Guaranteed. And the player that's going to bury us in that is the most predictable outcome of all time. But yes, this is it's a little fun, you know, throw 10 bucks on it, throw 15 bucks on it, whatever. Just just ride with us and, and we'll hope for the best. A little extra birthday cash. I normally hate these parlay slips because they're so hard to cash, but I mean, hey. You only turn 32 once, Kyle, right? That's what they say. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out a loophole in that situation, but you're right. Um, that's how it works. A- any special birthday plans with the family? Dude, so we've got the... Everyone knows by now, if they listen to this show, the Dynasty Show, I've got this big wedding coming up, hence the disgusting mustache and goatee situation happening over here. So that is next weekend. So we're actually going to lay lay low this weekend. Maybe hit up a brewery. We're taking the kids to a fall fest just to kind of hang out. So we'll lay low enjoy um you know just a little family time but then next week is going to be craziness driving to new hampshire with two one-year-olds in the back seat oh boy yeah this is like prime weather though prime season if you're east coast i mean bets on a couple east coast bros no big deal uh beast coast and it's uh feeling pretty good outside i sat on my front porch this morning cup of coffee my boy truman oh, love it dude it was uh it was good times so on this episode, we will talk through the week four main slate, our cash picks, the games that we want to stack. And this week, man, I there's more than just one for me. There's at least three or four games that I think you could use for DFS purposes because, trust me, we'll talk about Buffalo, Miami, the pace. It's incredible. There are so many paths, though, 
that I think people aren't discussing discussing that it could fail and it's cost prohibitive. Like it's different than just saying just play everybody in that game. You can't fit everybody in a lineup, right? Yeah, the pricing's tough. I mean, we'll talk about it, but like, you know, Josh Allen's up there at 8.2, Diggs is 8.1, uh Tyreek of course is super expensive, one of the most expensive players on the slate for good reason. I feel like Jalen Waddle's overpriced. He hasn't done anything this year, and DK still won't give him to us at a discount. So I actually had someone in Discord. They read the, the cash article. They're like, Bets, why, where are your bills in cash? And it's just, it's so hard to fit these guys. So we'll talk about it from a game theory standpoint and from a stack standpoint. But yeah, they are not giving them away by any means. If you want us to give away all of our picks, though, we will do that in the DFS Pass. You go to DFSPass.com and mention this on Tuesday, but our company's doing a little... uh little giveaway because we want to lose a little bit more money. And if you use the promo code WINNER23, you get 20% off the DFS pass. And the thing that I see all the time is this paid for itself this past week. I mentioned that earlier this week. And even people that message, hey, I just got the DFS pass this weekend and I already hit my double ups. I'm like, oh, cool. Like that, that, that's what we're designed to do. That's what we're trying to do. So um, tons of cool tools in there. I'm looking at our optimizer right now. Um, our GPP values are uh, some of our ceiling projections, which is uh, which is a really fun tool to play around with. Like, just want to give you if you if you're trying to create a tournament lineup in a large field, you can actually just look at the ceiling projections and say, hey, could this team hit? I don't know, two thirty. Because if you're not hitting two hundred plus in a large field, then you're probably not going to do it. Now, one hundred eighty in a small field, that'll do. That'll work. And so you can kind of adjust those. You can even put in your own projections. If you think somebody is like, hey, that roster percentage is a little off, you can throw that in there. So I want to recommend that DFSPass.com. Use the promo code WINNER23, and you can save some money, play around with Optimizer, have some fun. But let's talk about our cash picks. Straight cash, homie. I'm enjoying the cash process. You know, the last two weeks have not been super kind to us, and week one was to the moon for for me. So I think looking right now or a month into the season, I remind myself every time we do this segment and that we do the show together, which is like what? It's like our fourth or fifth year together bets. Um, It's man, it's crazy. Times are fine when you're having fun, they say. Yeah, you and I, this is like our bread and butter. And this is what we tell people get a pool of players. So I love this part of the process. Super fun. Whittle it down. Who are the best plays? So for quarterback this week, if you're playing in a cash format, which we say is 50-50s, double-ups, or head-to-heads, who are the quarterbacks that you are uh, bringing to a street fight? Yeah, you know, when I was writing up my article in uh, the DFS Pass, I was trying to come up with multiple names that I really felt good about at their at their price, meaning they, they project as a good value. And, you know, like you could talk me in, of course, to Josh Allen every week or Tua most weeks or, you know, Jalen Hurts uh, every week, right? Like those plays are obvious, but they are priced accordingly. And there are some incredible wide receiver plays, running back plays on the slate. So I have found myself really wanting to go down into the 6K range or maybe even 5K range. Some of those guys are dicey, but I keep coming back to Anthony Richardson. He has practiced in full this week, which is good news. Technically, as we record, he is still in concussion protocol, but he is expected to clear. So assuming he gets the green light, 6,700, he's at home taking on the Rams. And, you know, we really have a small sample of him in the NFL. We have one game, and then we have uh, roughly like a quarter and a half right before he got knocked out in week two. But in that sample, he's running. And he's not just running, he's running a lot with design runs. 
And we've seen him, uh, you know, really use his legs effectively. Any quarterback that's going to run 10 plus times, which I feel like for him is a solid projection, given the pace of play, given the no huddle rate those guys have, it's really hard for those guys to fail. And Michael Pittman stepping up and playing very well. Like we were down on, on Dynasty on Josh Downs. He's playing very well. Like he has weapons that actually support him too. It's in a dome. They're at home. I like that game environment. So I could come back to Anthony Richardson. I think he is a priority quarterback cash game play on DraftKings. Yes, I, I I think there's three tiers. That's usually what we mention. Like, okay, there's the expensive guys. We're always going to say they look good. Hertz, I think is totally fine play if you want to do that at 8K. I think that's a great play. I think we're not even going to talk about that game, like, you know, Philly and the Commanders, but I, I like it for tournaments too. Like if you want to bring Hertz in and then find somebody else Washington side, I think that could work. Uh, but Big Ant Rich right there at 6.7 is a perfect play right in the middle. Let me throw out the 5K guys because it's tempting if you're trying to get to another wide receiver. Like, hey, I want to fit Tyreek and Jamar Chase or I want to fit, you know, Devontae Adams or whoever you want, Keenan Allen. And you want to drop down in the 5K range. The names this week are Brock Purdy, who feels like a super high floor. But I mean, are you going to get 25 points from Brock Purdy? Maybe, but it doesn't feel as strong. So 5.9 for him. And then, man, it's gross. But if you get in an optimizer and you start sorting by points per dollar, Russell Wilson is showing up on a lot of different... Like, I'm on a, I'm on our site right now. 5.8. I saw it, <laughs> I saw it too, man. <laughs> the Bears your, will do that thoughts? to you, won't they? <laughs> the Bears I mean, it's, it's and the, the Bears, Broncos right? are breaking our defensive spreadsheets, by the way. Yeah, the, the Bears are a train wreck. I mean, every team they've played has had success. Uh, you know, that's really the argument for Russ. I don't know, man. He just feels too shaky for cash, given what we've seen. Like, th- they've got their own issues, too, right? I mean, offensively, they're not clicking the way they we thought they would. His numbers are still a little inflated. If you just look at, like, the season-long numbers, are still inflated by a 60-yard Hail Mary in Week 2, right, with a touchdown. Like, So he's been fine. I get it. The matchup's there. I just think in cash... If I am going to drop down that that low, I think Brock Purdy's solid. Like you said, is he ever going to go for 25 to 30 DK points? I mean, that's like an 80th percentile, 90th percentile outcome, so probably not. But since he's taken over as the starter, taking going back to last year in the regular season, he's averaged 18.2 DK points per game, two-plus touchdown passes in every game except for one, which happened uh, two weeks ago in Week 2. So he's solid. I mean, the Niners at home, they have the highest team implied total on the slate. He makes sense if you do want to drop down that range that far, but he's not that cheap relative to Anthony Richardson, who has the ceiling. So I feel like when you compare those to a 6,700 and 5,900, I just would rather find the 800 bucks to get up to uh, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I, th- I think with the rushing, you want that. I do want a 49er. I will say this, like, I kind of want a 49er in my cash lineup between Purdy, CMC, and Kittle. They all project really, really well in a game that, you know, they should win. They're two touchdown favorites. So, uh, Go in any of those directions, but I would say right now, as of this recording, Anthony Richardson feels like the strongest play for us. That could change. At running back, I'm messing around with some builds, and I just love the way my lineups look. Even with Christian McCaffrey in it, he's expensive, 9.2, but I feel like he's almost underachieved based on what his role is this year, and he just feels so safe, so solid, touchdown in 12 straight games, so... I love see, a, see even despite the price. 
Yeah, the touchdown thing is funny because I remember like last week on the Thursday night game, like his prop for a touchdown was like minus 160 or something. Like it's just ridiculous. So you're sort of like baking that into a projection for him, which is just crazy. But you already talked about it. Highest team total at home. And even last week entering that Thursday night game against the Giants on a short week, we had rumblings from Kyle Shanahan of, hey, we need to be careful with this. Like we we can't play him 100% of snaps. We can't do the Kyron Williams thing. Uh, we can't play 100% of snaps. We need to be careful. We got to get Eli Mitchell involved. And they did those things. He dropped down to 61% of the snaps, still had 23 opportunities, right? So like when he's out there, he's touching the ball. You're getting 20 plus touches in a game where you're favored, have the highest total. Literally, you can't poke any holes in CMC. It is worth mentioning too, by the way, Debo and Ayuk still not 100% cleared from their injuries. Debo with the rib and knee and Ayuk dealing with the shoulder he missed last week. He should be back, but... If one of those two misses, or I, I doubt it, but heaven forbid both, I mean, McCaffrey would be an autoplay for me, at, even at that price. Yeah. So monitor that news. I think a lot of builds this week are going to have Kyron Williams in it. Like, I just, I I can just see it at 6K. His price on FanDuel is way different at 7.6. Like, it's almost like a bad play on FanDuel, but on a full PPR site, he sees the targets we want at 6K. You get a little correlation if you want to play him with Anthony Richardson. I feel like, this is always a guess, I feel like Kyron Williams is going to be in at least 45% of cash lineups and double-ups. Yeah, seems seems like a safe projection. I, I, I mean, I think you play him, right? Like We talked about it last week with the Zach Moss thing, which, uh, hey, by the way, Kyle, Zach Moss was pretty good. I'll, <laughs> so, I'll eat it. So is Michael Pittman. You, you bragged on me for the Colts. But um, yeah, these guys that are playing literally every snap and i don't think that's sticky moving forward you just you can't do that in the nfl but if he's playing 90 percent of the snaps 80 percent of the snaps like anything close to that plus a receiving role is going to project well so yeah 6k we like the game environment it's in the dome i mean yeah i, th- I think you play him what are your thoughts on james cook i actually don't have him here in the dock because we might talk about him later but he's 6.3 it's the game environment we like he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year so, like, that's the part that you're just like, okay, there's always these touchdown vultures. But his role is so strong. It's a great offense. Obviously a great, you know, over-under. And then if you sort by GPP value, and I know we're talking cash now, but if you sort by GPP value, he looks like the best running back on the slate. So, in cash, are you interested? Yeah, I don't think so in cash. Um, but I love him in tournaments. And we'll talk about that with the Miami and Buffalo game stack. So, yeah, it's just... It, like in cash, I'm looking for basically, you know, two things or, or three, I should say. Is he on the field a bunch? Is he getting work? And is he getting goal line plus receiving work? The goal line thing just keeps me him out of cash conversation for me. But like I said, in tournaments, you can definitely talk me into James Cook. Yeah. I just want to mention him on FanDuel's an even better price at 6.8, where I think he's actually a priority play for me there. Um, I know it's half point, but his pricing is egregious there. So Kyron, CMC, we mentioned, and then the 5K guys, I'll throw in Zach Moss. Zach Moss is 6K, Miles Sanders at 5.8, and Javante at 5.5. Do you have a lean on those three? I mean, the Zach Moss play is very similar to Karen Williams. I will say that the thing that has me paused about Zach Moss is just that we saw an uptick in his receiving role with Gardner Minshew in the lineup, which makes sense when you think about you know, if a quarterback is running less, there will be more opportunities to pass. And if we want Anthony Richardson to run, and we think he will, it's going to take away a couple opportunities, not only for Zach Moss, but also his pass catchers. So if you're making me pick one of the 6K guys, it's Karen Williams over Zach Moss. Before we get to Miles Sanders and Javante, do you think you could play Zach Moss and Richardson together in the same lineup? 
No. And I know that that is completely just me naming my priors, but no, I would not play them in the same lineup. And for tournaments, you can talk me into anything. I, I say that every single week, but I just don't want to use that ca- in cash at all. Okay. I was just curious because we got a couple questions in Discord, and that's kind of what I was leaning to. Uh, but if you don't want to play Richardson and you want to play Moss, I think it's totally fine. Because think about it. If you're playing Richardson, you're hoping for the, uh, like, you're playing him because of his rushing. And so I feel like those two don't work super well together. And I know in week two they did, but did they? They didn't really play together. You know, like, yeah, he, Richardson, only, he only had the first quarter and then basically yeah. like half the second quarter. So I, I think it's kind of an either or if you're going to play those guys. Yeah, that's fair. As for Sanders and Javante, we talked about Javante being kind of a sneaky tournament play last week. He actually got there like as a PPR guy on DraftKings. He got so much receiving work. It's tricky, man. I I just want them to like actually let him go. The matchup is there, obviously. 5.5. I don't think you have to go there and cash on this slate, given the other options that we have and the wide receivers that you can get to in the mid-range, I think are, are pretty good. So I don't think he's a priority on this slate. I think those days are coming, like as he gets stronger and healthier and all those things. I think that it is in play. I don't love it personally, but in a tournament against the Bears, yes. Can I give you some numbers? Because yeah, I, I, I was the one that was all about Javante this, this past week. And I think you're right. The opportunity says this guy soon is going to come through. He's averaging an opportunity every uh, on 57% of his snaps. Okay, That's third among all running backs in football. He's seeing a target every 14 snaps. It's better than Jameer Gibbs's role. So he just hasn't gotten the end zone. And then we know this Bears defense stinks. So Javante's interesting. I, I could see it in cash. If you want to play him in tournaments, his price, I think, is too low for his role. I mean, the three and a half point road favorites after just getting destroyed, which is pretty wild that the books are like, hey, we're confident in Russ on the road. But that's just how bad this Bears team is. So um, Javante, I think, is strong. And then Miles Sanders, man, he's on pace for like over 100 targets this year. Yeah, his numbers are, are pretty good. I will say all of the numbers for Carolina last week from a receiving standpoint are inflated. Andy Dalton. Yes, that guy <laughs> led the NFL in dropbacks last week. And it looks like Bryce Young is going to play, which I'm kind of bummed about. Like if you're a Carolina fan and you want to see him develop and all those things, like that's great. But for fantasy, we, we need Andy Dalton in there, right? <laughs> so yeah, Sanders is fine. I just don't think you're getting, what did you see last week? Like nine targets or something ridiculous. Like you're not getting that with Bryce Young under center. You just get less play volume, less upside. That said, he's been fine. The matchup's actually not uh, too scary against the Vikings so I'm okay with it I don't love it yeah I I think that he's a he's a fine play at his price and that's kind of like what you're looking at with running backs uh Javante I just want to say on FanDuel is even better price 5.8 last conversation I want to have about running backs is one I'm seeing builds in the week that are totally fine if there's three running backs usually we've kind of leaned towards wide receivers but I think the pricing this week says if you pay for a CMC you get Kyron Williams in there, and then you could probably find another one of these guys. It can work. Talk to me about Josh Jacobs because it's not been good. He hasn't, you know, he's not getting in the end zone. So he's showing up pretty well early in the week. I just don't know what the Raiders offense is going to look like. Like, do we know anything about Jimmy G right now? So he's still in percussion protocol as we record, and that's giving me some pause just in general about the Raiders so that's a situation that you'll have to monitor later in the day on Friday through the weekend but kind of similar to Anthony Richardson last week uh, Jimmy was placed in the protocol like on a delayed process so it was like after the game on Monday morning when that happens it's very tough for these guys to clear so 
And actually, even in the the Raiders press conference, Devontae was talking to reporters on Wednesday, and he was already talking about adjusting to playing with yet another quarterback. So like, I think they kind of already know maybe that it'll be Brian Hoyer. And I was, I mean, I was so excited about Devontae this week. I was so excited about Jacoby this week and Josh Jacobs, but obviously the entire, you know, situation, the ceiling comes down when you have Brian Hoyer under center. Could it still work? Of course. But I'm not sure. For Josh Jacobs, though, the volume has been there. We know he's gotten off to a slow start. And you talked about this in pace of play. He got off to a really slow start last year and then just exploded. And I keep coming back to this, but in uh, Marvin Eloquin's expected fantasy points model, he's popping. Like, it, it's coming. It's eventually, right? And I kind of want to be on it before it actually happens. The price isn't terrible. 7.1 is pretty good. And look, man, in weeks you know one and two, everyone was was, you know, giving Alexander Madison a hard time about how inefficient he was, how terrible he looked. The Chargers made him look great, and the Chargers will make Josh Jacobs look great. So I want Jimmy G in there to feel better about it, but I'm, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I can see him being somebody that when I sort, I go, oh, he's a good GPP value, and then he doesn't end up in my final cash pool just because of the way things are, you know, the way I like other running backs and just feel more secure at a lower price point than... You know, this team hasn't put up, what, more than 18 points in a game? Like, they've been under their team implied total, I believe, in every single game. So, as awesome as Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers have been, like, their team still stinks. And we need that to kind of go back and forth and to kind of push a game. So, keep that in mind. Um, Yeah, the Raiders are tough this week, man, because at wide receiver, Devontae, you and I were going to come on here and say, play Devontae. We were going to say Jacoby Myers is awesome at 5.5. Devonte Adams on FanDuel is only eight point one. Dear Lord, like that's amazing. That and would yet, be a I'm play pl- him in every lineup play. Yes, like, even even at, at roster percentage. Yes, so uh, that's still questioned. Uh, you know, we get to update our articles and update our best plays. So stay tuned with that. I can say though that Keenan Allen is the goat. Oh my goodness, man! I look, he's expensive, and seeing him at seven point nine kind of gives you like, is that is that right? But when you consider how much volume he's seen and how much he is going to continue to see it makes sense and i think he's the best wide receiver play on the slate considering the price even with jamar chase 100 bucks cheaper even with Devonte 100 bucks more even with tyree kill at 9.2 look joshua palmer's fine i think he's a solid wide receiver three to four in the nfl he's never been an elite target earner austin eckler unsure but if he's out major major boost to keenan again and quentin johnson hasn't earned his way onto the field to be a full-time player before the mike williams injury so i'd have a hard time seeing him earn a huge role right out of the gate what's the projection 10 targets floor 12 minimum like what are you getting with keenan allen with the upwards as we saw last week of 18 19 20 now can you expect that no of course not you should never count on that and i will say I wish Jimmy G was in for the back and forth game environment that could happen. But at the same time, Keenan Allen is probably the best PPR wide receiver in fantasy currently. I'm playing him in cash. You stopped yourself short. Okay. You could have just said he's the best PPR wide receiver of all time. <laughs> and we could log out and be Let done with, done the, with show. the show. Because <laughs> you are 10 targets. Talking dirty. Man. Talking dirty. My mind's telling me no, but my body. My body telling me I, I need to figure out a new drop that every time we even just mention Keenan Allen's name, it comes up. So <laughs> yes, he's an awesome play. There, There is this fearful thing knowing him for so long. 
as my buddy and just knowing like, <laughs> this is when he slips, he falls. Like, this is what happens. So um, he's a great play on, especially on, on DK. What about Jamar Chase? He's 7.8 because Jefferson and Tyreek are going to project well. I prefer Tyreek at this point, just better game environment. Um, and he's a road goat. He, you know, he's the best on the road. But Jamar Chase at 7.8 is a great price. We saw 15 targets on Monday Night Football. So is he on the radar with Keenan? Like, do you want two studs in your cash lineup? Yeah, so I think if you're making me kind of rank these guys, I'd have Keenan one. And for me, I would have Josh Jacobs, or sorry, not Josh Jacobs. I would have Jamar Chase number two at uh, 7.8. I prefer him, and this is price sensitive, to Justin Jefferson. I prefer him to Tyreek Hill, even though the game environment is better. Look, man. Tennessee's pass defense is so bad. And last week, even game time decision, entering Monday Night Football, they didn't even know if he's going to play. Joe Burrow was third in the NFL in dropbacks. They did not care. They kept throwing the ball. And this is a defense you cannot run on. We took an under on Joe Mixon and props. I think they're going to lean into the pass in this spot. And opposing wide receiver ones so far this year, these are the stat lines. We talked about Amari Cooper a lot last week. He was in the DFS pass. Seven catches, 116, a touchdown. Keenan Allen, eight catches, 111, two touchdowns. Chris Olave, eight catches, 112 yards. Jamar Chase is an incredible play. Gosh, last time, I remember this. It was called week two. And I said, I have to play Jamar Chase because I know his splits. And then <laughs> I had everybody and their mama come out of the woodworks and say, hey, that stuck in my brain, Kyle. How dare you mention that? That's all I could think about over the weekend. I had to play Jamar Chase and it sunk them. Don't care. He's a great play this week. So, um, what about the cheaper guys, though? So you're you're dropping down. You maybe can fit one to two studs in there. I want to throw out at the very bottom of the barrel, Calvin Austin, and it is gross. But at 3.3, yes, he plays for the Steelers. He's one of the better points per dollar players that I'm finding on the slate. And let You tell me if you can find somebody else. No, you're right. It's tough this week. There really isn't anything below 4K to get excited about uh, for cash games. So 3.3, taking on Houston, you know, the numbers have actually been better than the box score suggests, like 74% of the snaps, and he's logging an 88% route rate, 17% target share. For a guy that's at 3.3, those numbers are fine. You know, I'm not convinced Kenny Pickett's the best quarterback in the world. Uh, I don't know that he's going to have a huge ceiling, but it is worth mentioning Allen Robinson has been on the injury report this week. If he is out, which granted, he's not really earning targets anyway, but if he is out, uh, you could boost another target or two towards Calvin Austin. So I kind of uh, gave you a hard time when you when you brought him up. I was like, oh, dude, are we really doing this? And then I thought about it, looked at pricing. I was like, yeah, we're really doing this. So <laughs> I think he's fine. Um, if you want to build like stars and scrubs, you need to save. He'd be the guy for me. Yeah. Josh Downs is 3.5. He saw 12 targets last week. I'm going to throw him out there. Um, and then Quentin Johnson and, and Josh Palmer, I think, are the other conversation. I don't know if anybody can be confident at all in Quentin Johnson in cash in a tournament. Sure. 3.7. Josh Palmer is probably going to be, I don't know, in the top five of roster percentage for wide receivers this week. If you watch the game, which imagine not watching a Chargers game, especially that Chargers game this past week, he got super fortunate, right? Like that touchdown shouldn't have happened. So (laughs) If if you missed it, it like bounced off him like hit the defender in the helmet and then like came back into his like into his hands when he caught the touchdown. It was incredibly lucky. Yeah. So Josh Palmer's fine at 4K. I, I can't say anything against him in cash. I can definitely say in a tournament, I might be lower, but 
maybe that seems obvious to a lot of people. But um, Adam Thielen is fine. He's going to show up good based on what he did last week. But this is Bryce Young, so you can't just copy and paste. But at 4.5, I get it. Uh, Tank Dell, 4.6. Any other names you want to throw out there? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, that's kind of my pool as it stands. If someone wanted to get up to... Oh, there's actually one other guy. But if someone wanted to get up to Justin Jefferson or you had to play Tyreek, like, you're not going to hear us argue about that. It's just a pricing thing that makes them very tough to fit unless we get news throughout the weekend that something opens up. But right now, as it stands, it's tough to fit those guys. I will also throw out Pukunakua at 6.7K. Um, he's been, you know, even last week, like, oh, what a, what a down game. Still at 72 yards. Leads the team, you know, in almost every underlying metric from a target share standpoint, from a routes run standpoint, like all those things. His efficiency has been great. And he has been actually very good against zone so far in a small sample size. Indy plays a lot of zone. I think it's a big Puka game. Can you play Puka and Kyron in the same lineup? I think so. This offense is so condensed between yeah. those two guys. I mean, Tutu's, I actually think Tutu is pretty interesting in tournaments, but like, Higby's kind of up and down here and there. It, and Ben Jefferson, man, woof. It's first team all cardio out there running around. So it, it's those guys. So yeah, I think that's totally fine. At tight end this week, I never mentioned George Kittle in cash, but if Debo's out, those are usually the games that he does well. But at 5.1, that's a good price. We usually love to punt. There's no Travis Kelsey on this site uh, on this um, week. Mark Andrews is a fine price, but I'm scared in cash. Of using that salary there. So George Kittle and then the cheaper guys, the Muth looks great at 3.4. You're not going to play him and Austin in the same lineup. Don't do that. Uh, Zach Ertz could airball and just give you like, I don't know, two for two or something. Uh, 3.2. And then I need to throw out Kylan Granson. He's a Colts tight end. He's 3K and he's running 30 routes a game. So he's like the clear tight end one pass catching option for Anthony Richardson. If you want him, go for it. Just just do it. And then, can I give you the grossest name of the week? I would love that. Tanner Hudson. Yes, dude. He helped us on our, our Drew Sample unders. I know. So Tanner Hudson plays for the Bengals, in case you know, but he ran the routes. And he used to be like a preseason guy, like team all preseason for the Buccaneers. Oh, he's been were... incredible in the preseason. Yeah. He I've l- been he playing l- him. <laughs> on Fandle, he's the stone minute 4K. I mean, he's yeah, just... Buddy way down there. If you wanted to do Tanner Hudson, he ran a ton of routes last week. They play against the Titans, but I probably won't be playing. I just wanted to mention it because gross tight ends is what DFS is all about. Uh, finish. Let's finish off with D- defense. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. You wrote this up early in the week and you wrote it up now. I still like Cleveland. They're 2.8. Um, we talked about it a lot, but just the efficiency numbers on that defense are awesome. They are number one in EPA per play, number one in success rate, Number one in yards to play allowed, and they're seventh in the NFL in sack rates. And the Ravens are banged up. They are going to likely get a couple linemen back, which helps. But Odell has missed some practice. Rashad Bateman is still dealing with the hamstring issue. So they're shorthanded. And, you know, these games tend to be kind of low scoring as is. So Cleveland right now, 2.8 is my favorite play below 3,000. Yeah. And there's other ones that will merge. You can see them in our best plays. But right now, Cleveland is who we're going to be building with. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll talk about these games. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. 
cake, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. That's, you know, we're supposed to keep to like a time limit or at least like box things in, but that was like almost 30 minutes into the show and you and I have just talked about cash. What does that say? Dude, the people need it, man. They need the, need the content. <sighs> They're hungry. They're hungry for it. All right, let's talk about stacking. Stack attack. All right, Miami at Buffalo. The game's a 54 over under. Buffalo's a two and a half point home favorite. And for the first time ever, people, I've given out a five in my game pace score, my GPS. I never do this. I never give a five out of five, but I just couldn't live with myself looking at every single metric and saying, wow, these teams are one and two in net EPA per play. They're top five in EPA per pass attempt, in pass success rate. Oh, and last year in three matchups, they combined for 135, 137, on 145 combined plays and 55 points per game. 55! So, yeah, well, I mean, sounds where, good. Where do we go? <laughs> sounds good. Yes, there's. And, and by the way, one of those games was a Skylar Thompson playoff game. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they're going to run a ton of plays. They're obviously offenses that we both like from their explosiveness standpoint. Jalen Waddle is back to add another speedster into the mix. So you got all those things working and. You know, the Bills continue to be the Bills in that they are up-tempo in terms of their pace. They're also up-tempo or, or up in their pass rate, I should say, pass rate of expectation, all those things. So you literally can't poke holes in the actual game environment outside of the fact that, like I said at the top of the show with the cash game conversation, it's very tough to fit. So like if you wanted to do an Allen, you know, digs stack and bring it back with Tyreek, I mean, those guys have to go off. And in a, a major way to pay that off, right? So it's very cost prohibitive, which will keep, I think, roster percentage in check to some degree. Like, I mean, Diggs is still going to get up there to like 15 plus. Tyreek's going to be right around 15-ish, I would think. But like, those are good plays in tournaments where you know you're getting a ceiling, you know you're getting massive upside. And whenever it is tough to fit, just understand, it's tough for our opponents to fit it too in their lineup, right? They get the same feeling of like, ah, like I don't know if I can get there. So I like that for that reason. I will be playing a couple of game stacks around this in in my hand builds and my kind of portfolio of lineups I do. But I know at the start of the week, you talked about the running backs in this game. So hit me with uh, what your thoughts are there because obviously Raheem Mostert went bonkers last week and we talked a little bit about James Cook already. Yeah, and we get to talk about a chain too. Dang it, a chan. I'm going to get that wrong forever. So he's not showing up at all as popular. Um, and I don't know if the field thinks they're really smart, but the thing about the Miami running backs is we have to deal with two of them now. Mostert's the clear lead role. He saw seven targets last week, and it felt like it was mostly in the first half. So Mostert would be the running back I would choose. Um, he's still not showing up a ton in, in roster percentage. So keep in mind, this Buffalo defense is good, but they're also allowing the highest yards per carry in the league. So it's beatable, and there's lots of different ways you could do it. I think James Cook, though, is one of the best plays on the slate. I almost made him my slate breaker. I was this close, and I went with somebody else. But I think James Cook, for his price on both sides, is just so good. He hasn't had a touchdown yet. And on a full PPR site, if this game hits it, like I think he's one of the key pieces. So 
if you wanted to double stack uh, Dolphins and then bring bring Cook and one other piece, that's fine. I don't love stacking him with Josh Allen, though, just because of the goal line role that Josh Allen also has. So it's one of those things where I'm worried that people will look at this game and invest so much that they have three Dolphins and two Bills. And sometimes you might just need a, you know, two in Tyreek and then Cook, and that's it. And instead of getting five pieces from this game, you only needed three. So that's that's my only concern about how people might approach this game. The other thing with that too, just to kind of think about, you know, pricing, like it, it matters so much, obviously, right? Like if you stack up Josh Allen and Seth Diggs and they each give you 20 points, that you're like, oh, that's that's great. Not really, right? At their price, it's not that great. So this game can still get there, but these guys can fail in DFS, if that makes sense, if I'm explaining that correctly, Kyle, just because the pricing is the issue. So you do need this game. You need it to be LA and Minnesota last week. You need those fantasy points. You need that production. And I don't know, man. I have this feeling that this is not a game that's going to produce that. Just, I don't know why that is. I just kind of have that feeling. But I will have some exposure. Uh, and certainly, I do want to be in on James Cook. I'm with you. He's another guy that's been highlighted a ton in Marv's expected fantasy points model. He is underperformed, so the regression should come back in his favor sooner than later. And he's been so explosive. So I had to bet this when you put it in pace of play. 19 opportunities per game. Is that legit? Yeah. That is... Okay, I'm I'm in. I'm in on James Cook. So t- I will say this about Tua. He's not as popular in our early projections as he should be. Like, I, I think Tua... I mean, quarterback's pricing is never really that that big, but we talked about some of the other quarterbacks in cash. Hurts, you know, uh, Richardson, Brock Purdy, Russ Wilson, like... Tua is totally fine at his price. He's totally a threat to hit 300 yards and give you the bonus. But I'm seeing him right now in our roster percentage projections, 2 3%. So I don't really mind if Tyreek's popular. And then on the other side, it's like Diggs is expensive. So if you went Tua, Tyreek, and Diggs, you are eating up a ton of salary. You need those three players to you know hit 75-plus points together. And that's just yeah, asking think, a lot. And I think because of that, like... My favorite way probably to stack this up would be like, you know, Tua and Tyreek, but then play James Cook instead of Steph Diggs or play Gabe Davis to save money instead of Steph Diggs. So that's just an example of how you can do that and still work with a friendly salary. You could also include the tight ends like they're super cheap. Yes. Uh, I mean, Smythe, dude, this guy has buried us. Smythe got Smythe. Uh, yeah, he's just running out there. <laughs> he's also on the injury report. But like Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, they're, sh- they're sharing time, but really at 3,100 and 3,200, especially in the smaller stuff I play, like they just need a touchdown, and that pays it off there, basically, a handful of catches. So they're fine to include in the game stack. So you can get unique with it. I like the value plays, though, so you can make other stuff work in your lineup. Yeah, with Josh Allen, I don't mind going Allen, Diggs, tight end, and then find somebody like Mostert on the other side. I think that makes a ton of sense. But yes, I just need to mention it. Smythe got Smythe by their backup tight end named Julian Hill. He's a guy. He's just a dude, but he was the one running routes. <laughs> everyone, last week. dude, everyone scored for Miami last week. Even uh, is his name now Robbie Chosen? Is his last name Chosen? Yeah. Even he scored last week. Derm Smythe, not not a single point, one catch. Yeah. <laughs> he went back to being a blocking tight end. So give me your Vegas take on this game. So I'm gonna just follow the trends that you've been talking about, man. I'm gonna take the under in this spot. Just you're just gonna root for bad football. Yep, I'm gonna root for James Cook. I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo and take the under. Um, all right, next game, Raiders at Chargers. Chargers are five and a half point home favorites, which is a trap. And the over-under is 48 and a half. Justin Herbert is 
dealing. Just completely out of his mind. They're putting him in shotgun, which I don't know, makes a ton of sense. It's what he did in college. So, um, and his pass rate over expectation is just awesome if Eckler's... Now, we are getting some rumblings that Eckler is like around the team and he had his helmet to the side. And Do we have any any thoughts on that? So I saw a quote from him after practice uh, on Wednesday that said he feels really good running in a straight line, feels like he can do that, he can work out, but he still is having trouble with cutting. That's the thing that is still coming back. You need to do that, to play apparently. And I fell running back. You got to do that, like you said. The bye week is next week, so I think reading the tea leaves, like he's getting close, but I would not be surprised at all if he sits. And obviously, as we talked about with Keenan Allen, if he sits, that is a big boost to the pass catching options in this game because in week one, with Eckler in the lineup, they actually went very run heavy. So I think if Eckler's out, you can still feel pretty good that they'll lean into Justin Herbert and the passing game. Yeah, Eckler and Keenan have always had pretty negative correlation because of where they get their targets. It stinks because Eckler and Big Mike have always had great correlation together, and I love playing those two together. But if you wanted to in this game, go Herbert, Keenan, and would you add another piece? Like, would you add a Quentin Johnston? Because Josh Palmer is going to be... Like, Palmer and Keenan together is running into a roster percentage problem. Right. And, I mean, I'm not a big, like tape guy when it comes to dfs because we can get in trouble with that stuff but like i don't think josh palmer is that good there's Whoa, a reason they drafted don't tell I his know. family i won't i mean hey he's still fine like he's still making an nfl roster and, and out there and earning time but there's a reason they drafted quentin johnston right and, and maybe it's a plan for the future you could say that but still like if they thought josh palmer was that dude they probably would give him the chance to actually be the dude now it's here this year with mike williams out for the year but i think quentin johnston over Josh Palmer is a very good tournament leverage play. Right now, I'm seeing Josh Palmer projected for around 18, you know, plus or minus 2% uh, percent points. Quentin Johnson, about 5 to 7%. So that feels like a way to get off Palmer. Cheaper player, probably has the same upside in my opinion. So you got to, you got to, you know, uh, play it before you see it, which feels uncomfortable, but there's a reason for that in tournaments. Yeah. I'm not chasing Donald Parham, or I, as I like to call him, the Hamburglar. Because uh, you got two touchdowns last week. You ran 16 routes compared to Gerald Everett's 30. So don't chase that. I'm, I wouldn't even play that in cash. I just think it's very, very risky. You're just hoping for a touchdown, right? He was two for four yards and two touchdowns. So Yeah, he ran insanely hot. So um, Raiders side, what are you doing on that side? Yeah, we talked a lot about it already. Like All their guys are cash viable, honestly. They're very good plays. Josh Jacobs, we talked about... Devontae Adams, I have this feeling if it is Brian Hoyer, which I mean, I agree with, like, I think his roster percentage will come down because of the concerns we talked about. And you've got Jamar Chase, you've got Keenan Allen, you know, people want to get up to Tyreek. Like, is there a chance if it's Brian Hoyer, he kind of slips through the crack a little bit? I could see it. You'll have to stay tuned throughout the weekend to see what, you know, the optimizer says for the roster uh, percentage projections. If that's the case, and I'm playing Justin Herbert on the other side, that makes a ton of sense to me. All right, in this game, I will take the Chargers, especially if it's Brian Hoyer. Yeah, that's it's it does feel like a fishy line. Like you know you're gonna get hurt when you take the Chargers here, but I do think it is gonna be Brian Hoyer, and so I will lay it with the Chargers. What could possibly go wrong? All right, two more games. We're gonna talk Minnesota at Carolina. Minnesota is four and a half point road favorites, and the over under is forty seven, so that's healthy. And you look at Carolina stats, you go, Man, last week against Seattle. They were a key. I mean, I saw people stacking Andy Dalton with 
Adam Thielen in tournaments, which is just wild to talk about. But this is a Bryce Young team. And the thing about this game, because they only got a three and a half in my pace score, which is just fine. Like, it's good. But, like, for DFS, like, there's other games that can outpace it. What these teams are good at and what we want for DFS are kind of, like, diametrically opposed. Like, Minnesota is a team that's going to pass, 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 pass. And yet, the Panthers sport, like, the worst run defense in the league. So, like, you can look at that and go, oh, I could use Madison. But it's like, how much is Cam Akers going to be involved? And then you look at the other side, and you're like, oh, I want to use the passing options like DJ Chark or Adam Thielen, and you realize that it's Bryce Young. So, like, it's almost like this game is canceling out in my mind. I think Miles Sanders is still a good play. You could talk to me and Justin Jefferson all the time. And I love TJ Hawkinson on a week that no one's probably going to want to play him. But I, I just see so many routes for this game to hit the under. Yeah, I'm with you. And I honestly think the under... Like, I think as soon as we get confirmation or as we get more information throughout the weekend that it is going to be Bryce Young, I would not be surprised to see the under start to come in. You see this tick down to, you know, 46 and a half or 46 points. So just monitor that. If you see this total dropping, I will probably bail out of this game stack. Um, You talked about in a pace of play and you just mentioned it right now, but this offense is not the same with Bryce Young. Their neutral pass rate is not even close to what it was last week. And as a rookie quarterback, it makes sense. He's really struggled this year. And then we saw Andy Dalton come in and really be able to deliver the ball and get those pass numbers up. So you just have more systemic concerns on Carolina's side if it is Bryce Young. So I put Adam Thielen in my cash pool. I think he's fine. But, you know, if the field is going to be on him and we get Bryce Young, that feels like a pretty decent fade given the roster percentage in tournaments. Yeah, I I like the setup for Justin Jefferson. Carolina's down J.C. Horn. Xavier Woods, their their free safety. Um, and you wrote on here, cornerback CJ Henderson's has an ankle issue on the injury report. Like it's set up really well. So I just think this isn't a game that you need that's gonna go back and forth with a rookie quarterback. Um, I like the Vikings in this game, and I also like the fact that my strongest stance this year was a Carolina under seven and a half. And I it's it's looking good so far. I forgot about that. Yes, oh. let's get Bryce Young in there for that, please. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. Any interest in Madison? I know uh, Cam Akers is probably going to be active, which I think makes him very risky. But in tournaments, I could I could see it. I mean, the matchup, dude. You put this in pace to play. 32nd rush defense DVOA, 32nd in EPA per per rush attempt, 29th against fantasy running backs. The matchup is there. We saw finally Madison get back on track last week. Any love at 5.8 on DK? Sure. In a tournament, I'm not playing two running backs together, though. So the player that projects best is Miles Sanders on the Panthers' side. So for me, it's like you can play one of those running backs and get out if you want to. You can obviously go Sanders and, and Jefferson and just correlate. But I just, yeah, I, I don't think you have to go there. I just know that there's other games that I go, hey, they're going to shoot out more. So uh, I'll take the under. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, last game, and this one surprised me that the Rams and the Colts game has been bet up the way that it has, and it's changed from the Colts being a favorite at home to now the Rams being a favorite on the road. It's a dome game. You get Anthony Richardson back. We also know that the Rams just want to throw the ball. They're third in pass rate over expectations, so it's just like very clear, and you mentioned before, it's condensed. It's Kyron. Puka and Tutu, which is such a fun sentence to be able to say. Kyron, Puka, 
two, two. It's all you need to know. And then <laughs> bets. You got, um, Zach Mawson here. You wrote him down as Ladanian Tomlinson, <laughs> um, as, as one of the true greats. Yeah. I, I, I love this game because Anthony Richardson projects. Well, you would skinny stack him because of his rushing ability. So Anthony Richardson and Pittman, Anthony Richardson and Granson or Josh Downs, or if you wanted to play Zach Moss, you could do it on that side. And then Stafford, are you interested in stacking him at all? The thing with Stafford is like the numbers have been there from a passing yardage standpoint, but we know he's giving you a zero as a runner. And like weekly fantasy uh, fantasy finishes, he's been like quarterback 18 to 20. Like he's been fine, but like, I don't know, man. I just haven't seen it. Now, this is the matchup. I mean, the Rams are the, uh, the Colts, excuse me, secondary is absolutely terrible. And if you did want to get leverage on the field, you could say, look, I'm going to play Stafford and I'm going to stack him and I'll bring it back with someone on the other side instead of stacking up Anthony Richardson. So 5,700, I think he's fine. You just need him to throw, depending on the field size that you play in. If you're in the large field lottos, you need three touchdowns, you need 300 yards to pay it off. Can you do it? Sure. He just hasn't yet. So we'll see. The other thing with Stafford that we need to monitor is a couple of his guys popped up on the injury report. Um, nothing serious. Like it sounds like Puka's going to be fine with the oblique. He's been playing through it. Um, Higby was on with an Achilles. That was, they said, general soreness. Uh, it was an estimated report from early in the week. And then uh, Van Jefferson, who uh, I'm not playing Van, but obviously him being on the field just gives him more weapons. So he was on the injury report. Just monitor those things. If those guys happen to be out, I would be off of Stafford. Yeah, Stafford's interesting for the pricing, but I don't know if you get as much leverage as we want because Kyron's going to be popular. People are going to be playing Puka and Tutu a ton. So right. it's like if you double stack Stafford and hope he gets a 300-yard bonus and all of a sudden the touchdowns go his way, I mean, those are the guys that you're playing, but other people are playing him too. And we would say Richardson is just a better raw projection. So I get it. Um I think my favorite thing to do in this game is just Richardson skinny stack and then have one or two pieces from the Rams side. Yeah, I like it. And look, man, we always remind people like sometimes these guys are chalk for a reason. I want to reiterate. I love Pukunakua this week. Love him, love him, love him. So I'm going to stack him with Stafford if I am playing that side or he's my preferred bring back. But I just want to give a quick shout out. I have been off of 2-2 forever. He's been good this year, man. And like, I, I hate to admit it. He's been good. This this feels like that year, doesn't it? Like Zach Moss is a thing. Tutu's a thing. These guys are just kind of coming out of nowhere. Adam Thielen's like Marshall. 25 years old again. <laughs> yeah, Terrace Marshall. Sorry, man. It's not <laughs> happening. But um, but 94% route rate, 22% target share for Tutu. You mentioned maybe he'll be popular. I'm not seeing that currently. So if he is an under-the-radar guy, you could get different in this game. You only need a deep bomb, right? And 69% of Stafford's targets this year have gone to wide receivers. Super condensed. So... I love Tutu or uh, Puka, excuse me, but don't forget about Tutu. Yep. Give me your Vegas take. I like the over. I'm going to go over 45 and a half. Yeah, I like the over. It was at 47. Uh, I see it at 46 in some books. So I like the over. And then I will take the Colts, man. Rhyme with, with uh, Big Ant Rich. Dude, the Colts are a fun team to root for, which we couldn't say in the last couple of years with Wentz and poor Matt Ryan. But... I mean, I said, I, I threw this out there. I thought that they were a sneaky play. Sneaky play to win the division. You did say that. I remember and, that this summer. We talked about but it. But were you listening, Betts? No. I just, <laughs> just blinders on was not giving you the time of day on that one. 
Guys, just so you know, this is a little bit that Betts and I have back and forth because sometimes people want to like dunk on a take or they want to be able to say, you know, were you listening back in March when I said something? It's like, guys, we say a ton of dumb stuff. And it is nice though when you have certain leans in the betting world and you go like, hey, I could see this go a certain way. And you're seeing at the beginning of the year, like, oh, this makes sense. Now, there's also teams that I haven't brought up. It's like, this team is doo-doo and they haven't gone the right way at all. So keep that in mind. You want to give a quick point about uh, San Francisco stacks before we get to our slate breaker? Yeah, just wanted to point that out for everyone too. We talked about game stacks that we like for back and forth. You don't need a Cardinal if you want to play the Niners this week. I think they're awesome plays. We talked about Kittle, obviously CMC, but I would be surprised if Debo and or Ayuk are popular. I think you can get different with those guys and they're going to score points, right? You mentioned this a ton of times. They're averaging over 32 offensive points scored with the Brock Purdy CMC combo. You, I mean, man, they project so well. So just a reminder, you can play Niners without a Cardinal. All right, we're going to get to our slate breakers of the week. And I got a special sponsor today. It's actually been a longtime partner of mine and that's Crocs. And right now, oh my, no, yeah, dude. I need to confess something. At one point, this isn't a humble brag. This is actually a, a low moment in my life. But I was the only person in my a really big high school, really big public high school to wear Crocs when I was, you know, 15 years old. And then they took off and then I let them go. And now as a dad, I'm back. And I'm feeling good <laughs> if I need to put them in sport mode, you know, walk Truman down the street. Did that this morning, feeling pretty oh, good. Oh, I, I hate Crocs, man. I'm off the Crocs team, so I hate the sponsor. Sorry, Crocs. Uh, not for me. Are you like a, what, what kind of like leisure shoe are you? What do you mean, dude? I just wear sneakers, like a normal person. If you're just slipping or like in the summer, on, do you just yeah, flip slippers? Flip flops slippers, slippers in the house, flip flops in the summer, otherwise sneakers. Flippers in the ocean. Got it. Um, exactly. So my slate breaker this week is someone who's near and dear to my heart and this podcast's heart. We built this city. He's been awesome, man. He's been so consistent. He's the only wide receiver in football, Michael Pittman to have eight plus receptions in every single game. So the floor is really high. And I mentioned this before, but the Colts, this isn't the same team. Like they're running at a much higher rate, fifth most plays per game. There are no huddle rates. Awesome. And with Anthony Richardson, it seems like he prefers him as his main target. So in a game that I like to hit the over and right now the Rams are 28th in EPA per pass attempt. I think he's one of those PPR plays that has a high floor but I, I want to give him credit. There's like a real ceiling for, a, you know, eight, a hundred and a score in this week. And he's only 6,500. So I think he might be overlooked a little bit. Love it. Yeah. I'm happy you brought him up because you kind of glossed over him in that game stack. Has he scored a touchdown yet this year? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Week one. I was going to say if he hadn't, that might be a little interesting, uh, interesting sprinkle on a bet. But you're right. The first three targets are there. He's crushed against zone coverage. The Rams play a ton of zone in that same game. I'm going to remind it. I love Puka this week, man. Assuming he's healthy, I think he's a mid-priced wide receiver who's going to be, so mid. I don't know, 20, so mid. His fantasy numbers will not be mid. He's around 20% or so. I think he should be higher in tournaments. Even at 20%, I'm giving you the confidence to play him. Another guy who's just crushed against zone coverage. The Rams are the, the Colts play a ton of it. We love this game environment. I think it's a very sneaky shootout game. So give me Puka this week. He and Pity City. If you want to just play those two, a little mini correlation with the slate breakers, put your Crocs on, have a day. Whoa, dude, a, a correlation with a slate breaker? That's that's guaranteed to not work. 
hundred <laughs> percent. But hey, now, if yours works, there's a better chance mine will too, right? So maybe we should just do this every time. That in-game correlation. If you if you go <laughs> if you go down, I go down. That's just how it works. All right, That's one right. more segment. Prop it like it's hot. All right, every single week in the DFS pass, we get to give our props and just to give ourselves some props, man, we are still running a little too hot. We're worried, a little worried that we are getting too close to the sun, going full Icarus, going to burn up, but um, we're hovering around 70%. Uh, is it weird that I feel nervous? I'm terrified. We're going to have a week, truthfully, like listeners, where we go like three and nine or something, you know, like it's going to happen. Just be ready for it. It's going to happen. But right now, while, while we're running hot, let's enjoy it. I wonder if people think this is like a bit we have. At, at or something and we post all of our props so people can see it but it's like it's just how we feel like giving public you know information to people and saying hey here's what we what we have and just being honest so um i will give you a couple that are for sure gonna hit though and one of them let's just say uh moving the lines <laughs> no big deal man just another one uh, i I threw this out in our Discord because sometimes we give bets and sometimes I just throw out some unofficial ones, especially for underdog, because underdog, you have to parlay them together. And so I don't love telling people to parlay things, but you got to an underdog. Patrick Mahomes, his rushing line on underdog that I gave out was 16 and a half yards. <laughs> it's at 17 and a half right now. What do you think about that? Wow, dude. Wow, wow, wow. That's a little 10 unit guarantee. Yeah, this this is like you know sell your car kind of thing, and oh, love uh, it and walk to work. Um, but no, Patrick Mahomes, his rushing line is way too low. He's cleared this every single week this year, and we've gotten a full practice report. Correct? He was full uh, on Wednesday with the ankle. Should be good to go. Yeah, and Mahomes just run like I feel like we've been doing this for two years now, taking overs on Mahomes rushing yardage because they just remain too low. It probably should be like twenty one, twenty two. That's where I would put it. So uh, I think there's some some good movement here. And then Adam Thielen, right now the line on DK, an underdog I'm seeing is 51 and a half. I would take the under for a Bryce Young game where I don't think he will see the same volume. I know a lot of people will just look at last week and go, hey, here's what happened, but it's a very different. So I would take Adam Thielen's under right now at 51 and a half. It's interesting. And, and just so everyone knows, that does not mean Adam Thielen is a bad play in DFS. Correct. This is different because you're talking about median outcome versus floor ceiling combination, that stuff. So it, you can still bet that and play him in DFS and feel fine with it, just just so everyone knows. But yeah, man, like we said, those numbers are just inflated with Andy Dalton. So I don't hate it. I don't hate it. He had 54 yards two weeks ago and then he was under this in week one. So I think it's fair. I'm going to throw out my super negative EV parlay extravaganza, 20x your money on underdog slip. Do not put a lot of money on this, okay? But I feel pretty good about all these props, and we've taken a couple of them as official plays as is. So I will hit you with a couple of notes along the way. All right, first one. Rashad White, under 52.5 rushing yards against the Saints. White has been one of the most inefficient running backs in the league. New Orleans, allowing just 3.9 yards per carry this season. He's been under in two or three games. Bijan Robinson, over 25.5 receiving yards. He's hit that three weeks in a row. We took that at 22.5 on FanDuel. I think it's fine on Underdog at 25.5. Four-plus catches in every game. Jacksonville allowing the seventh-most catches to running backs. The third one, Jordan Addison, over 38.5 receiving yards. 
Last night, this was minus 140 on DK, so you get pretty good odds there as far as underdog where you don't have to play the odds. 61 yards, 72 yards, 52 yards in three straight weeks. His route rate, 68%, 78%, 80%, three weeks in a row. So the the usage is trending up. We love it. This is the one that's going to bury us. (laughs) Zach Wilson under 177 and a half passing yards. You're done. Yeah, he's definitely going for like 180. Uh, 140 yards in week one, 170 in week two, 157 last week. So he hasn't hit this mark this year. Tough matchup against KC, completing just 54% of his passes this year, dude. It is sad. Could he could he legitimately get benched this week? Yeah, I think it's, it, there's a I think there's a non-zero chance he gets pulled in this game. So give me the under. And then this one we also played Joe Mixon under 53 and a half rushing yards. We're entering like just prove it to me that you can do it against Tennessee's situation with prop betting. Like every running back is going under this mark. Jerome Ford, 10 carries, 18 yards. Josh Kelly, 13 for 39. Jamal Williams, 18 for 45 yards. So is Joe Mixon better than those guys? Probably. But man, Tennessee, 2.7 yards per carry allowed. They are just so good. So give me the under. That is the five-leg parlay that will certainly not hit. Yeah, and I'll just recap. Rashad White, under 52.5 rushing yards. Bijan Robinson, over 25.5 receiving yards. Jordan Addison, over 38.5 receiving yards. Zach, the GOAT, Wilson, lower than 176.5 passing yards. And Joe Mixon, under 53 and a half. So that is what Bet's built for his birthday. You probably have some variation out there. We don't love parlaying things together, but for his birthday, we thought we'd throw one out there if you want to ride. Uh, it's uh, pretty fun. What could go wrong? And when it cashes, we can all celebrate together. So come on. Yeah. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. It's our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, plus Bets. There's a 700-person contest right now that you can enter that I've reserved a seat. You can sit right next to me. You know, I, and that's where you could take my money or I could take yours. Wherever you want to do, go to ballersdfs.com. It's great to invite your friends to. You can do it. So, bets, sign us off. Yes, sir. Week four is here. Come play with us. Like Kyle said on DK, get in the DFS pass. Make sure you're plugged in. Lots of moving parts on the slate as usual. So, we'll update everything for you guys throughout the weekend. Good luck to all of you in week four. Go win something huge. And more importantly, let's cash this parlay. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.